Did you know that it takes about 28 days for someone to detect there is a intruder or a hacker inside the network in AWS, Azure, Google Cloud, take whichever public cloud you want. That's was as per research. And there are services in AWS that don't get logged at all. Unless you know about these services, you have a blind spot that you have not been working on. Welcome to another episode of Cloud Security Podcast. This week, we're talking with Rodrigo Montoro. He is a researcher based out of Brazil, and he has been researching the not-so-common AWS services. So people like you and I can understand what are some of the blind spots that we may have never realized. Like, for example, did you know that if you don't enable a few settings, the pre-signed URL in S3 bucket is not logged? The fact that you can download it, the S3 content is not logged as well, certain scenarios. There's a lot more that we discussed in the interview. We also spoke about how do you even start working with services that are not so common how do you build threat detection for it the story of rodrigo is interesting because he came across something called aws AppStream, which he had never heard of before but he was brought into the incident response room with a service that he has never worked with so it was his journey about how he understood the service what he worked on it and how he kind of approached it so overall a great episode this guy has two patents against his name so he's really smart and knows what he's talking about so i would let you enjoy the episode of rodrigo montoro just to talk about how he thinks about doing threat detection for not so common aws services if you know someone who's working on threat detection and wants to understand just the foundational pieces this is a good episode for them as well so feel free to just share this with them if you're here for the third or fourth time, please consider subscribing and following or leave us a review or rating because it helps us help more people and helps more people find us as well. Thank you so much for people who left a review over the last week on iTunes. It was really awesome. If you're watching this or listening to this on Spotify, because Spotify allows video now. So if you're watching this on Spotify, please give us a review over there as well. Thank you so much for this. And I will see you on the next episode continuing our AWS Security Month over this weekend. And before I let you go, we would be at AWS reInvent 2022 in Vegas. So if you're there, definitely hit us up and we'd love to meet up and say, take pictures and say hello. Until then, enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Peace. When you're developing an app, security might be treated as an afterthought. With functionality requirements and tight deadlines, it's easy to accidentally write vulnerable code or use a vulnerable dependency. But Sneak can help you secure your code in real time, so you don't need to slow down to build securely. Develop fast, stay secure. Good developer. Sneak. Hey, how's it going, hey. man? Hey, Ashish, how's it going? Thanks for good, having me here. Good, Thanks for coming <laughs> in. And for people who don't know, you're in Brazil at the moment in a hotel room, so... People can totally appreciate the late time that you're doing for us. But I thank you for coming in, man. I'm looking forward oh, to this conversation. And, and, and the funny part that I didn't mention for you, like uh, I'm in Cuiabá now. And Cuiabá, it's in a different time zone for my city. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah. Wait, so so like when I schedule, I say, okay, it will be at six. And so I was, I forgot now it will be five today. <laughs> so uh, it's it's, it's 5 p.m. for you now? Yeah, 5 p.m. Okay, cool. I don't feel that bad then. Oh, actually, maybe a good point to start as well, because I mean, you and I have known each other for some time now, but for people who may not know about you, can you give us a bit, brief intro into your profile and professional life as to how you got to where you are today? Oh, sure, sure. Okay, my name is Rodrigo. I'm in the technology and security field for about like 20 to 25 years. I start with like the basics, infrastructure, Linux, all that stuff, and so move it to secure it. And after moving to secure it, they, since I, I, I love to study the stuff in deep, try to understand everything, how stuff works, they move me to, to research and they start to do research and this kind of things. 
And so after like a long journey, like with the regular on-premise research, they invite me like to move to the cloud space. And like in the last three to four years, like I'm most of the time looking for AWS and this kind of things and try to push like my background in different technologies and way of try to see things, create detections, because I, I'm always work on the blue team side, on the fence side, and right. try to use that in the cloud. Like it's a different place. <laughs> yeah. And I think the detection part is also interesting because you've done on-premise detection as well as you're doing in AWS. How different, like, I mean, in my mind, on-premise is not that API friendly. So detection, what did detection yeah. look like over there? It's similar, but it's different. Like, how can I say that? Because like most of the time, most of my work was on network detection. Like I used right, to... Right, right, right. Also anomaly a... behavior in like, a, oh, Ashish just suddenly logged in from, I don't know, Russia for lack of a better word, I guess. Yeah, I, I used to, to use Snort, like the intrusion detection system a lot in the past. Like I yeah. used to work for companies that had Snort embedded on their UTM or their solution. So I used to create detection and this kind of things. And the point is like, there is no common behavior, like, because the network is two different, different ways of sensing things, communications and blah, blah, blah. The good, like I, I, I'm here in a conference and we talk like a, a bit about on a panel about cloud. Yep. And uh, I used to say that cloud is probably the first time that you have opportunities to create detections and monitoring, know everything that you have. Like, yep. Are you going to be like 100% secure? No, for sure not. But you have APIs for everything. So you could see like if you have some instance running, if you have some service running, you know if you have a new user, you know if you have some policy, you know if you have like that events for some service or not. So you could have control of that. You could deny service you don't want. You have that power in your hands. And, like, and when you're on-premise, like if you ask like how many device you have nobody knows right so yeah yeah fair enough kind of, and so it, that's different the bad side for cloud like it's something new and so there is a lot of as we we're talking here uncommon service that nobody's looking for yeah then, so talking yeah. about technical things then so you mentioned the aws services side is obviously aws and cloud in general has allowed for things to become a lot more api friendly you can do threat detection so because a lot of people would hear this and go like, oh, I guess how different is this to the knock example that you gave earlier? What does the API enable people to do in the cloud landscape, which was not possible in, say, in the on-premise world? Well, a simple sample, like if you want to know, like I have a, one account or I have a hundred accounts, like I just connect to API. I want to, to know like how many instances I have, how many instances with Linux, how many instances with Windows, how many instances with Notepad. Like you just... Mm connect on the API at, if you're using cloud and you ask, you just, if you have the permissions for that service, you just ask yep. and you have the answer. And there is no shadow IT because if you have some thing running there, it's there. Like there is no shadow IT. And, but for example, the same for a company, like how many devices I have, if you probably need to have agents and everything, but if you yeah. didn't install Angel, you never know. So you don't have the visibility about everything. Like. If the user installs something like 
and they didn't tell you like you know if you run some scan or something like that and you discover some open parts or some new ip some new mac address but it's not that easy as like when you are using the cloud yeah and talking about also using the cloud the other thing because it's the topic is not so common services yeah. what are common services to begin with first and what are some of the common services that has a lot of threat detection already i probably showed you like some my motivation like, like for my new talks like i i used to have your your kind of picture there <laughs> and i appreciate that thank you because like uh, well before we talk like i was doing a lot of things but uh, i didn't have a name in my mind like i know i'm doing this i know this is cool i know there is nothing related to that and i i start to figure out like but i i have no names for that and <laughs> uh, and, and when we talk like uh, after the no before the the hang force yeah and uh, and you told oh you are looking for uncommon service you are doing incident response and research for uncommon service and so that opened my mind boom <laughs> and it was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, because when you I, first mentioned it, it was exactly the same thing from like, wait, you know, I'll, I'll let you answer the question about common services as well. But, but before I jump into it, sorry, I'll let you continue. Yeah, you know, and, and, and so I, I started to like, I used to use the metaphor, like I used to see the the glass is, is half full because like <laughs> we have some detections with a, with a lot of detection. For, for example, I did some research, like looking the the open source tools because it's easier for it to do this kind of things. And so I choose CloudSploit, and I was running CloudSploit in some accounts, and I was re really excited, like, oh, you're they have, like, almost 500, 500 detections. We're detecting, like, thousands of vulnerabilities, like, from low informative to high critical stuff, and this is pretty cool. After yeah. we talked, I started to figure out, okay, we are looking for those detections. But how many services we're not looking for? <laughs> and so I just do the basic. I count the number of services that I was looking for. And like, it's around like eight, nine service, something mm. like that. And, yeah, this yeah, is, much. and this is around like only 30% of the service. And so like, we have like more than 200 services that we are not looking for misconfiguration. Right. And so like, since I, I'm a, a, a blue team guy, I started figuring out, okay, like if they're not looking for misconfigurations, that's a market that is, is much more mature than the detection side. Like, I think we're not looking for the uncommon service. And when we're talking about like, that's a, a kind of trick for me because like, what is common service and what is uncommon service? And mm. I started to figure out like, how you divide that, split that in my mind. Yeah, and I tried for I tried okay, like common service is something that a lot of companies use, and so I started to think about that. So I say okay, like and and you have research and detections, and so like mm. you we have a bunch of stuff. I am we have a bunch of research, how to abuse, how to do stuff, and how to detect. There is a bunch of detection, like for actions that are related to if I am like yeah. if you look for S three, for Lambda, this kind of thing. We used to have like more research, more stuff going on. Yeah. And so I started to figure out like, and so service that only a few companies use. And so I figured out like, what is consider a few? Because everything is too big in AWS. Yeah, so. yeah, that's right. And so I, I kind of created, I don't know how to call that, but could be a thread score, a thread model. I don't know. I have no name for that, but what I create a kind of matrix. And so what is, because common and uncommon is something I think is so specific. It's depend. 
and like I, I start to put like the company perspective like do I have something company runs a lot of this service and has a, a lot of important service here so I add some score and how much I know about that service mm. and how much about I know it seems like from the how it works how it's used and like if you have some detections are read internally for some reason and so it's another point of my matrix and so the last question is how the world know about that service and so I start to look like for public research like public blog posts or something relates to that service and yeah. so with that something like if you have a service that I have no knowledge, the road has no knowledge. When I was, I was traveling to Canada like uh, a month ago for a yeah. summit and sector. Yeah. And I was in the airport, like since I live in Florianópolis, right? And it's the south of Brazil. And uh, usually any flights to anywhere, like including internal in Brazil, I need to do some connections because there right, is right, no direct yeah. flight to anywhere. And so I, I need to stay like six hours in Sao Paulo airport. So what are you oh. going to do? Okay, I'm going to play with AWS, right? <laughs> what I could do. All anyway. right. And, and so I, I start to look at SSO in data yeah. center now, right? And and I start to look like, okay, it's do the same. Like if you look like exactly, it's do the same work as the IAM, right? It you does, yeah. User, you give a permission, and you access, and you do what you have permissions to do, right? Yeah. And I started figuring out, okay, we have a lot of detection for IAM. And so I started looking, but you don't have detections for SSO. And, and so I started figuring out, okay, everybody uses SSO mostly, so but you don't have... Oh, wait, is the service different? Like, is the... I thought identity service is just a renaming, renaming of SSO. Does it have no, more, identity, more features? It, no, identity center is the same of SSO, just different name. Just oh, right, okay. So they, and they were, detection exists for that? Well, yeah, and so I started I start to take a look on some place and I didn't find anything. And if you look like the login is different yeah. action. The to create a user is a different action. To set the permissions are different actions. And when you log in, it's different. And so if you don't have nothing monitor those SSO actions, I just go to your account if I have the permission. I just start SSO, create a user, attach a permission. Yeah, and logging with admi as administrator, and and so I could use it. You're not, you don't have detection, and so I start figuring out why. But SSO is not uncommon, but sounds like uncommon for the detection side. And so yeah, what is common? What is uncommon? It's something that blew my mind. I don't know exactly what to say. Like yeah, I think case. that kind of answers the question as well because to what you said. Unless a company is actually using a service, we don't really think about. And this probably extends to the whole the vendor space of CSPM and cloud security posture management as well, because if there is a service which is not like, for example, I'll probably think of the most obscure or most uncommon services like AWS 5G. I have no idea who uses it, but I'm pretty sure there's someone out there. That's why they made it, made that service. They don't make those services because no one uses it. And I, I guess you did research on AppStream but as well. What is the problem? The main problem is like, I don't use the service, so I will not care about the service. Mm. But if you don't deny the service, if someone has permissions to start the service, you still have the problem because it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the, you don't need to install anything. The service is there. And yeah. so like, doesn't matter if you're using or not using, it's a tax surface. If you're not like you're using, for example, organizations and deny the service that you don't use. 
I was going to say, how many people actually do that where they use organization SCPs to even block uncommon services? Like, I mean, in the conversations that you've been having at conferences and the talks you've been giving, have you found people actually have a known list of, hey, we only use EC2, we only use S3, we only use RDS. Anything else outside of it, we do not use. Does anyone even come and talk to you about that? Like, you know, they say that we... Well, I don't know how easy it is to do that because I'm not a DevOps. And so some things that I think oh, right. I have some difficult to figure out, like how is to apply or not. And so sometimes uh, I need to talk to like an inventory. Like how would you get an inventory of what you use? Yeah, but for example, maybe it's not easy to drop service. You don't, don't you're not ready, right? That's yeah. okay. But there is another way. Like, and so that, that's the point. Like we're talking about detections, like, you could have like the preventive part, right? Okay, I will deny. And so I, I fix the problem because if they could not use the service, I prevent, like deny. Okay, I could not deny. So let's kind of try to do some guard rails or some monitoring. And what is guard rails or some monitoring? Is something like, okay, I have this list of service running. And so like if some service that's not in the list, mm-hmm. I'll just trigger me alert. And so I know that something no is coming. Like, and so you, you, you could try to figure out that's another possibility about Ooh, that. Actually, it's a good because, point. Would that be cloud trail logs or where, how would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Because the cloud trail logs, you have the event source field. Yeah, you know, and maybe we're going too deep into it, we probably should like, explain what we're trying. Like you and I have been talking about it for, for so long. So we should probably take a step back, explain what we're trying to do as well. So let's just take an example where, you know, you and I have spoken about the app stream service before AWS app stream. Okay. Which is, I don't know how many people who are listening to this episode would have known about the service. What is it, first of all, the AWS AppStream service? And then we can probably take a step towards how would you do some threat detection against that service so people can use that framework for any other uncommon service they might be using as well. So let's start with what's an AWS AppStream? The AppStream, like everything started because they, they I was on an incident response call and say, oh, we did some problem with the AppStream part. I say, what is AppStream? So I start to figure out, okay, I need to study that. And so I start to study. Yep. And it's like, it's provide an application like as a service, most like right. the Citrix MetaFrame, like you want to provide a, just a, a single application. Like I just log it and open the application, only the application for me, I could use it. Right. And that's the main goal. And the main point here is like, since it's in, internally in your account, yeah, you have access to your data that's in the cloud. You have extra research that's in the cloud. You are inside the VPC that you could have something running in the cloud. So you could have an application, a legacy application that's using like some cloud parts that you're connected to a database that you move to cloud and this kind of thing. And the point with AppStream, it's pretty cool. Like it's pretty useful. And after that, I, I start to do some research. I say, what I could do with that? Because I, I tried to find some Brazilian companies that have used that and I didn't find. And it's okay, okay, I will try to use. And so what, what I did, like, first I started to read the documentation as mm-hmm. when you start to, to try to do something, right? And after that, I start to use. Okay, well, how I could do, okay, let's, let's try to create something. And I start to click. Right? Yeah. And see what's happened. And mostly like when I click, I go to CloudTrail and see what's going to be generated because that's yeah. my main yeah. point, like what I could have from here. And when I start clicking, like you have like a lot of phase on the process, like you have the image builder part, 
Mm-hmm. You have the the snapshot part. You have the fleet. You have the stack part. And so, I, I mostly researched the snapshot part, yeah. and then I found like five actions mostly that I mm. could do a lot of things. And why I start to do the things like. I could do some infiltration. I could do some lateral movement. I could do some previous escalations. Because one of the points, like upstream, is one of the service that you can attach a role, right? And so when you attach a role, you give permissions. Right, and, yeah. and, and so that's the point about the privilege escalation part. Because dependent of the role attached, you could move to, to some different level. You could share something that's running because they have like some... That, that's something really... I never figured out about that, but... You could create a string URL, yeah, and it's generate like a kind of pre-signed URL. You just put okay. in your browser and open like the the shell of the service. All right. And so, and so if you have a role attached, you could just grab the keys and use it anywhere you want. Wow. Wait. So I think th- so. Just just to unpack that a bit. So when you kind of came across an incident response for AppStream, it, because you didn't know much about the service. You decided to use CloudTrail as a way to, hey, what kind of things can I detect? Is The reason you went for CloudTrail, obviously, is the auditing service, but it, was there like a, I don't know, like a security practice guide or something for AppStream that is normally available? Like, Because I'm thinking the, the framework or the thinking that you use to do threat detection in AppStream but if, I don't know, tomorrow someone makes an AWS satellite service or 5G service, the minimum thing people should look for is an integration with CloudTrail, as that's the foundational piece. Is that right? Like, Yes, uh, there are two main parts, right? I like to say, like, first about everything, like, you need to do some thread modeling, understand, mm-hmm. like, what the attacker is here in the point A and my stuff are on the point B. Yeah. How the attacker will arrive on the point B. Mm-hmm. He arrives on the point B, what kind of information I need to do the incident response? Like, because, like, to have... A- something inside and access to our data is a nightmare but if you don't have the data to do the incident response it's a nightmare <laughs> a double nightmare right <laughs> it will be terrible because you have no answer That's and, right. and so like we split the, the information like the cloud the control plane part is cloud yep. trail so yep. the actions that you create something you remove something like you change something in the service and so on that's the cloud trail part and you have the data event parts. And the data event part is really, really important to understand because when you have an incident response, like most of the data events are disabled by default. And, mm, and right. not for just uncommon service, like the S3 is disabled, right? And so like if you, you make some public by some reason, by some mistake, and somebody access your sensitive data, if you didn't enable the data events, you never know who access the data. And so... The RDS, like the database is the same, like it's disabled by default. The AKS is the same, it's disabled by default. And so you need to know, like for using the service and to do the incident response, you need to have that. But CloudTrail by default is enabled. Yeah. And you have like three months data to access. Like if you're not sending to somewhere else, that's yeah. a nightmare to use the console, yeah. but you have the data. You have the data at least. Yeah. And yeah. so like... But most of these things, like when you're talking about actions, are going to be logged at the CloudTrail. And so CloudTrail is the very first point to watch that. Yeah. And to your point then, using CloudTrail to build what are some of the known patterns of threat, I guess, for example, what we called out earlier to what you were saying as well, you tried 
maybe it could be something something as simple as i come up to you and hey rodrigo what do you use this for what, how do you create a service here what do you normally do what are the five things that you normally do here and then mapping that to a, an action in cloud trail anything else outside of it is basically like oh i don't know what is going to be like like is that the kind of thinking you have as well at that point in time well it's it's it depends like what you are doing here for example we are mapping the service that our customer are running and so we're going to be like proactive and create some detections and so we try to do something like and so but you have time yeah because nothing happened like we're just trying to create some protections and detections for some service in some cases, like they just call you, oh, like who you're gonna call and that goes buster. And that. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, what an incident. Yeah. You need to solve the problem. You need to you need, you not don't need to solve the problem. You just need to solve the puzzle because to see like how they have access. And so what I suggest is virtual opportunities. The first one is if I create detection, but you don't want to do like because you spend a lot of time clicking, 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 yeah, and analyzing this kind of thing. And there is a risk, like I spent a lot of bucks, like leaving some service enable and this kind of thing. <laughs> but okay, that's part of, of the job. But yep. there is another point, that, like if you go to EMAK, the permissions.cloud. Yeah. And, and so you could just pick the service you want. And like, what's the most important part there? Like the right and because, okay, let me come back a bit. Permissions, like the actions, the AWS, like they split in, in five different access level. And so mm -hmm. it's the read part, the listing part, the tagging part, the write part, and the permission management part. Usually what is more destructible part is the write and permission management. Okay. And the read part is how he can read the information that's inside. And so what you could do like, okay, I want to see if somebody tried to abuse and create some over permissive stuff, understand what's going on. You could just go to documentation, look on those actions, and yep. maybe try to monitor something related to that's happened and see what's going on and have some idea looking like for some log samples and, and see what's going on. That's mm -hmm. that's an opportunity. Yeah, it's an opportunity. If, if somebody just call me now, oh, I'm using something like, I don't know, comprehend. I have no idea what <laughs> comprehend does. And so I just go to that documentation and try to figure out like the what I will consider the most dangerous actions and try to figure out what's going on. But I think that that's the true way. Like, or, but the best way is the first way. Like you try to click, understand, you put some offensive mindset to see like, okay, from here, I could go to here and this kind of thing. I'm picking a few points as you kind of mentioned all of that. Definitely make sure the cloud trail thing is known and what kind of actions will be taken. What you also called out, which I take away for people here is the IAM role. If there's a potential IAM role attached, then there's a possible privilege escalation possible as well. It's not just the fact that you found, hey, for whatever reason, you don't secure the service correctly, but you potentially have like a follow-up, like an IAM star permission or whatever. If you're going to use an extreme example, they could be that, that kind of thing as well. Like some of the, that's for, that's some of the points are taken away from what you just said. Oh. There is another vector that I have some priorities, like the pass role stuff, like service that has pass role. Because pass role is kind of you're giving extra permissions. Is that the I am pass? Is that the role which allows us to do cross account? Is that the same role, like I am pass role? No, no, no. The, the, the pass role is the action, like a service needs some extra permissions. And so, like, you pass the role and it could execute some actions, like, based on that. Also, oh, I can pass my role as in, so what would be an uh, example of it? 
that press room is, is really like a black hole. Like, there, oh, right, right. Okay, so there's not much information. But people would see it in yeah. CloudTrail. No, that's the point. <laughs> there is some good, like Noah, Noah from Aromatic, he has some great research uh, about Pazrol. And right. in, he mapped like, uh, I think something around 300 plus something actions that you, you can Pazrol. And for example, run instance, you can pass a role, right? You run an instance and you attach a role so the, the instance could connect to the service. Uh, right. Also, it's the role, it's a permission that yeah, allows me to do something, basically. Yeah. Right. You need to give the IAM pass role permissions to the user that's giving that pass role permission. But the pass role permission, the pass action, pass role action is not logged. That's the problem. Oh, right. It's not logged. It's not officially logged. You could figure out that the pass role is used. Like if you look for some certain parameters in the requested parameters, but there is nothing that is right. This is a pass role. That's something that what? is there. Okay. Like implicit is not, there is, there is no action related to pass role. That's a problem. Why it's not Would logged? Would it still come under your name or who's like, as in, cause I look at cloud trail and I think, okay. If Ashish logged in and did something, it's logged in as Ashish logged in and did something. What's happening yeah, in that scenario? You're going to log like the user that run something like, I don't remember my head, but AppStream is one yeah. of the actions that has pass role. And okay. when you attach a role to the image, right? You, you pass the role to the image. It will be logged like I am iron role. I think that's the field. Request right. parameter, I am. And so you see that the, the role is attached. There is a way to see that, but it's not that easy. All right. You and need to know you need to know the actions in the fields. Like some fields are I am are in role. Some fields are different. And yep. there is service that I have no idea what's what's happening. And you have that. Wait, so yeah, that's and, another thing, right? Because we're talking about uncommon services. There might be, like for lack of a better word, gaps that no one probably would not would ever discover because our CSPM tool has not told us that, hey, you should look at that. Or our, and this is probably the reason I bring this up is because a lot of people would just trust what CSPM is giving as gospel, for lack of a better word. It's like, oh, they have done the yes. work for me. They have everything that I need to think about. But to what the questions you're asking right now about the pass role, about, hey, some actions are not even logged, then CSPM yes, doesn't but, talk about that. Yeah. I don't know all the CSPM, but probably CSPM is not validating the IAM permissions, right? Most. Yeah. And so like some, some tool as cloud planning for Kinaran McQuaid is probably, you, you show you like this, this role, this policy, this user, this, yeah. this role or something. It has the past role permission. And so those principles could use that permission to do something that's supposed to be part of the job, or maybe mm -hmm. if the attacker, it could do something that's not part of the job, right? And so, Wait, so how do you even start this conversation? Because I mean, to your point, because I think you were lucky in a way, but well, lucky is probably a strong word, I guess, but because there was an incident in AppStream and you were called in, so you kind of went down the rabbit hole of, hey, what is this service? What do you use it for? What is CloudTrail and all that? Are you doing well, other research uh, as well in other services and building a repository of this? Well, yeah, I plan to do some incident response for uncommon service cheat sheet. I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so but, as well. But, you know, but the past role is, is not my research. It's, it's Noah then research. Oh yeah, sorry. I mean, that's definitely important. But I think where I'm coming from is 
to the instant response cheat sheet that you're working on for uncommon services, like the, some of the basic questions that we just spoke about where, hey, make sure there's CloudTrail. Because tomorrow, at, sorry, not even tomorrow, end of this month at reInvent, if Amazon releases a new service and there is no CloudTrail link for it for whatever reason, or maybe, I don't know, something else, uh, encryption is not there, IAM is not there, but your CSPM doesn't tell you about it. Some team goes and starts using the service. How are you going to do instant response for that? I don't know. Like, I think maybe this is kind of where the food for thought for people listening in. I I, I think the most important part, like coming back to that way of think, like map the service you have. Yeah. And so put on that trend model, like, okay, those services, I have 10 services running, for example. And so like for five services, oh, you have a lot of detections because I am EC2, blah, blah, blah. And I yeah. have five services that I have no idea what's going on and I have to create detection. And so like put some efforts on that. So you could have something more related and contestable with your your work because there is no magic. You're not going to have protection through 300 service and counting because probably they release more service like at reinvent and so yeah. more service it's are coming and so like more more unknown things are coming. But that there is a bunch of things like the, uh, I'm talking you uh, a lot about defaults, right? Yeah, yeah. The, because like people think like, oh, I'm going to move to the cloud because it's more secure. It could be more secure if you know what you're doing, but if you <laughs> don't know, it's it's more insecure and there is more attack surface. There is a bunch of new things that you should. It is on the internet. It is literally it, on the internet. For example, like a very common service, we have a kind of problem. Like just figure out a scenario. Like yeah, you have the S3. Yeah. When you create a S3, by default, the block public flag is disabled. If you don't mm. enable, it's disabled. And so I could make a bucket public, right? Yeah. That's not good, but it's disabled by default. I don't know why. And so the data events are disabled by default. And so I could make that bucket public and I have no data to see mm. if something is going on. And there is another piece on this puzzle. That's the, the pre-sign URL. Yep. And the pre-sign URL, let's figure out. I have a bucket. I create a bucket. The flag is enabled. I could not make it public. Yeah. But if I can access the file, I could create a pre-sign URL. And if I create a pre-sign URL, I could send the, the, the URL to anyone else. And I just click and download the file. Yeah. Yep. What's the problem here? You have a, a, a private bug. The bug is not public. You're not looking for something bad happening to that. But the pre-sign is not logged. And so I don't know that someone created a pre-sign URL. Mm. And I could just see if somebody download the file. But if I have that event enabled, that's not enabled. And so like, you know, like that's true. That's a very common service. There is this kind of problem. Wait, so pre-signed URL is also not like someone creating it is not logged, but someone downloading the file is logged, but downloading the file is an S3 event anyways. No, no, but download download this file is logged if you have the data events enabled. Oh, right. Even that doesn't get enabled otherwise. No, no. If if it's not enabled, you're not going to show at the cloud trail because it's not an action. Control plane action. Yeah, that's that's the, the, the part is pretty tricky. What? Okay. Well, I guess we should probably mention it like things you should look out for in each service as well. That is really interesting for me. I did not realize that S3 pre-signed URLs are not logged unless you actually have that enabled for, and the downloads are not being enabled as well. The downloads are not logged as well in CloudTrail. 
if you have not got the data part enabled. Yeah, in my opinion, like talking about like a detection engineer guy. Yeah. I must want to detect like as soon as possible. And so like if I create course, a precise, yeah. I could already try to revoke that key or try to do something like that. Yeah. Okay. It's not possible. And so my only possibility, like I have that events enabled. And so I will yeah. detect when somebody download, but when somebody download, the incidents already happen because somebody download, that, that's <laughs> it. I just will know that somebody downloads. Like, but the problem is there already. I, I, somebody have had access to my data already. So that's a big problem. Yeah. I'm glad we're talking about this as well, because I think I definitely want more people to have awareness of these things as well in terms of, hey, you know, just because you have a CSPM tool, actually talking about a CSPM tool, how would you even like start building this? Because to your point, either you have a, CSPM tool that you've paid money for, you have an open source one, but can you extend a CSPM tool to include like, I don't know, like AppStream as a serve, as, as the detection that you want? How do you go about doing that? Yeah, yeah like if you use CloudSploit or Prowler, those, those you can like easily create some detections. Yeah. Also you can add your own. Yeah. Like Prowler is pretty simple because it's open source and it, it uses like Python. The new version is in Python, but the previous version is a bash. So that's not yeah. difficult. CloudSploit is more difficult because they use Node and JavaScript. I don't know exactly the language, but it's yeah, something like, that I don't know. Yeah, JavaScript is hard for me, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I think and so it's, it's more difficult to create something because you need to move, change the collector. And so the collector, you change the predetection. detection. It's not that, that easy. Uh -huh. It's pretty fast. But like, if you're not a developer as me, like it's yeah. not trivial to create some detection. But yeah, you could extend, you could try to figure out, you could ask the vendor maybe, because as, as we mentioned, like I'm talking about CloudSploit. I don't know about the other CSPM tools, but I don't think that they are much better than yeah. that because it's too much service. But, and I'm not saying that the other service has misconfiguration, but I, I could not say that there is no misconfiguration because nobody's looking for it mostly. Yeah. And people don't even realize that most likely that there is, you know, they're going through this as well, isn't it? Yeah, they would not even realize it. Yeah. I, I don't, uh, yeah. Because I think that, that, that that's the bad about the, the cloud is, is, is some, it's a market pretty new for a security part. Like we have a bunch of new servers, new companies doing some cool products. Yeah, but like there is just a few cloud security guys, like compared like with the on-premise security people, like and so it, it it's hard to figure out how people are handled this kind of thing because that's what I, I, I we were talking before. I used to run the cloud the the CSPM and the CSPM yeah. like only looking for an average thirty percent of the server is a red yeah. find like a thousand of misconfigurations. And so like they already had a lot of work to do because the foes, like we have a lot of misconfiguration, like you just start an account and create something and you have a bunch of the foes that are. Yeah. Yeah. And I think where can people, cause I know I'm, I'm kind of towards the tail end of the episode as well, but I'm curious, you know, we're talking about these things and you clearly put a lot of research into this as well. And other people who might be thinking about going, hey, I need to figure out this out as well because I don't know, I use AWS 5G or satellite service or whatever. So where do you normally send people to kind of start learning about this? Like, what do you tell them when they come and ask you, hey, I, I want to do this for a new service. What do you normally tell them? 
I'm a guy that I like to play with the service to to feel the right, service, right? Right, so, right, right. right. Uh, my my main suggestion is read the documentation, understand the actions, because there is a bunch of documentation related to the actions only. Yeah. And play with the service because I think like the most you know and you learn with cloud is playing. Like you could read a lot of things, but when you start to click is where yeah. you're going to really learn about that. And, yeah. and there is a lot of service that, like the the list, like for example, for Pass Role that we we're talking, there there is like service that I have no idea. Like I think like I could barely say like the name of fifth service of AWS, <laughs> but and, and I don't know fifth service. I know the names, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Same. I mean, I I don't know fifty services in uh, AWS as well. I would probably go. Like I, I know the common ones. I know the EC2, like AppStream. The first time I heard about AppStream was from you, actually. I didn't even know yeah. there was a service called AppStream. Uh, you meant, I'm like, oh, what's this service called AppStream? Because you know how you had the talk about abuse of AWS AppStream 2.0. I'm like, oh, I've never heard of AppStream. I wonder what it does. So <laughs> I, I mean, but to what you said, there are 200 plus services in Amazon. And not that you and I would be experts in all of them, but at least... If we can give people a framework to work towards, I think that would definitely be beneficial. So maybe when that cheat sheet comes out, I'll probably put that link as well somewhere. Yeah, and the cool like creating a cheat sheet, like is the if you create a detection based on actions, it's going yeah. to work in, in any account because any account has the same actions, the same name, the same fields. And yeah. so if you start like from the basics, like from five servers, and so someone else, like, oh, I did for this for the, the service, and so like in a few months, maybe in a year, you have like third, fourth service already. And it works for anyone that wants to create some good detection. How would you scale this? Because I think one of the questions that I probably would, I'm sure a lot of people would think about this is like, well, I don't have one AWS account. I've got hundreds of AWS accounts because they're all free. How mm -hmm. does one extend detection across multiple accounts then? Like, I mean, what we have said and spoken about so far Perfectly works for one account, but the moment you start going, I've got dev, test, prod, pre-prod, but then I've got all these other services as well. How do you kind of like do this at scale? Well, the detection part is, is if you're using organizations, like you create an organization trail for a cloud trail. Yeah. And so any account that is part of the organization will save the logs in your organization trail. And so the account just started, you just create a new account or organization is logging already. And so yeah. like, I think it's the, the easiest way like to, to, because if you need to go to some accounts, discover the accounts created. And so it starts logging, oh, it's a nightmare. And probably yeah. the, that they could disable that, right? Okay, disable call trail is a detection that you must have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but actually yeah. that's a good one as well. Not let anyone disable cloud trail as a threat detection. It's a good, good one to have as well. Yeah, and the, the, the funny part is, it, it's not just one action. Like you could just stop, stop logging. You could delete trail. I, I, don't, I don't remember. I had. Oh, yeah. You, you could like put event selector. And so like, you're not disabling, but you're just saying, but just look on this small piece. I think there is four ways to evade the, the cloud trail. Yeah. Cause as you mentioned, cause the most of the example that I hear is, oh, maybe make sure there's a detection for when cloud trail is turned off, but no one's doing it when you stop logging. Yeah, it's enabled, but it's not logging. That no, I don't think anyone does detection of that that sort. So a good example. There you go. That's another one for cheat sheet as well. So that was my final question as well. But I've got a fun section as well, man. The last five minutes that we have for the interview. 
it's basically non-technical just to get to know you a bit more and people get to know Rodrigo a bit more as well. First fun question is, what do you spend most time on when you're not working on doing threat detection in cloud or technology? Well, I, I spend like most of my free time like with my son. I have a eight years old kid. Oh, nice. Yeah, I used to play football, PlayStation, this kind of things. I, I like to go to the gym. That's that's something I... Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. People should definitely see you and like they'll know exactly. You definitely go to the gym, man. <laughs> and and I, I, used to do, I, I used to do triathlon. Oh, yeah, you used to do triathlon as well. Like, you had your triathlon, yeah. <laughs> so that, for I, people who watch I'm the video, they probably would see the, the, the tattoo that you have on yourself for the time man as well, man, the triathlon. But... Yeah, but, but that's pretty awesome my size uh, now is, is too big to do threat <laughs> well yeah you might have to cut down quite a bit then um the second question that i have for you is what is something that you're proud of or, which is not on your social media something that i i i have on my linkedin profile but i'm not used to say a lot like i'm author of two patents in the u.s patent office in usa you have two patents yeah. against your name yeah i'm author like when i used to work at spider labs yeah, I did two, two research, like one to detect malicious fi malicious files, mostly yeah. PDFs, uh, in 2010 and 2011, a new research that I was looking on the HCP headers and so this kind of thing. I, I usually don't talk a lot about that, but that's something. Yeah, that, I I did not know as, that you had two patents. As, as a researcher, that's something like I think like, I think it's the top of something you could achieve. Thanks for sharing that, man. And I've got a final question as well for you. What's your favorite cuisine or restaurant that you can share? Oh, I like sushi, the Japanese nice. food, yeah. sashimi yeah. and kind of food, and barbecue, like a lot of meat. I'm... Oh, Brazilian barbecue. <laughs> not, not, I, mean, I, I guess you just call it barbecue. You don't call it Brazilian. But we call it Brazilian barbecue because we're not in Brazil, <laughs> but you just call it barbecue. Yeah. When, when I, I arrived on, I, I, I forgot the day, I arrived on Saturday, I think. And... Yeah in boston oh yeah and it was like chris ferris ian mckay uh drew and yeah. i started to talk to them like on the lobby of the hotel okay let's go to the brazilian barbecue come on i just <laughs> arrived <laughs> and we went to the, and we went to the brazilian barbecue all right yeah i, I can because i'm like yeah but we call it brazilian barbecue but you wouldn't you, for you just like that is barbecue <laughs> no yeah yeah it's, it's pretty famous like and we went there, like to the, the the first. I just arrived. I didn't have time to miss my food. Like <laughs> just to go to the barbecue. No, fair enough, man. Cool. Well, that was pretty much what time was that we had, man. Where can people find you if they have more questions about the space and want to maybe do some research with you about threat detection for uncommon services? Where can people find you? Oh, I'm used to do a lot of posts at Linkaging, Rodrigo oh, yeah. Montoro at Linkaging, I... and Spooker Labs at Twitter. I'll put the link for your LinkedIn as well as Twitter as well, man. But dude, thank you so much for coming in. This is really awesome. I'm so glad I, I got to have this conversation with you and looking forward to having more of these conversations, man, as you kind of tour Brazil and you talk as well and hopefully get to see you in person again. But thank you okay. so much for coming in. All right. Thank you very much for your opportunity. No problem. All right, everyone. Thank you for your time. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode of AWS Cloud Security. Over the weekend, we have Kat Traxler coming in. So we'll talk to you then. See ya. Bye.